He's got a beautiful backswing. That's, oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition, the first edition of 2022 of the 73rd hole, the official podcast of golf, Oklahoma. Not a thing's changed. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys with you as always. I should say one thing has changed. Our guy Sam is a little under the weather this morning, so he is joining us from the Humphreys compound up at Oak Tree. Sam, we're glad you could be with us in some form, even if it's only remotely. On a scale of 1 to 10, how are we feeling this morning? <laughs> you left. Uh, I don't sound sick, do I? Um, I mean, define sick, because yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> so, I, I wouldn't miss the first show of the year for anything, boys. So, let's get after it. First show of the year, and it will be a big year. Hope everyone had a uh, good, safe, fun holiday season. Christmas, New Year's, all that good stuff. Taylor, happy belated birthday as uh, Taylor has joined the ranks of the 29-year-olds. One more year until the big 3-0, so happy belated birthday. Uh, Taylor has New Year's Day birthday. So, And your dad, Randy's December 30th, too, right there with Tiger. Happy belated birthday to Tiger. Yeah, I mean, Tiger's biggest one, right, or one of the biggest ones right there, and so... You know, guys, one of the best things about the year, me and Colby were kind of joking about this earlier, is that you can make out so many jokes with, I haven't, or I'm, like, for example, the other day if you're working, I said, you know, this is the hardest I've worked all year because I hadn't worked in two days. And so you can just do anything. It's like, I've, I've you go out and play the first round of the year, you shoot 88. Oh, that's the best round I've played all year. Is there anything better than the obligatory, like, you see somebody on the 30th or the 31st of December and the obligatory, see you next year joke that you make as you walk out the door. It's so bad, but that's what makes it so good is that it's so bad. So uh, we've got a lot of great stuff coming up this year. This is going to be a big, big year on the 73rd hole. Obviously, the PGA Championships at Southern Hills, that is a big, big deal. We're going to have a ton of stuff coming up from Southern Hills. But uh, Sam, I know you're a little under the weather, a little sick this morning, but why don't you tell people what came together last week and where we're going to be at the end of the month? Well, I can not wait to announce the fact that Major Ed Polito, Ken McLeod, and John Daly, of all people, are putting together a, a, a giant show at the PGA show. So we're going down to the PGA show. We're going to be at Hooters with John Daly, Major Ed, maybe Nick Faldo, uh, the Squares guys. We're going to be at the PGA show with them. And it's just going to be an awesome time. We're all going down there. It's going to be electric. I mean, I can't believe it came together, but it did. And a uh, big thank you to Major Ed Polito. Oh, I mean, there's no doubt about that. I mean, we talk about Major Ed just an American hero, but is he a 73rd hole hero at this point? I mean, my goodness. He's got to be. He's got to be. He is the hero. He is the 73rd hole hero. And, yeah, if I didn't make it clear, we're interviewing John Daly. That's going to be electric, guys. At, at Hooters. I mean, does it get any at better than Hooters. that? That's a bucket list item. In just, Orlando. It's a bucket list item to just go to Orlando, go to Hooters, and hang out with John Daly, and we're going to be able to bring it to all the people. 
I mean, how good is that? How good is that? Huge shout out to Major Ed Polito, like we said, to Golf Oklahoma for helping to put it together, getting us down there, getting us some some press passes, stuff like that. Uh, big shout out to the Hump Man, Craig Humphreys, his generosity helping us along the way. It's just so many people helping us be successful and do big things and bring it all to you because that's why we do it is to bring you all all of this content. Uh, it's a lot of fun and uh, we we love. Just the people of Oklahoma knowing that they've got somewhere to come to, to get everything for the game of golf. And we love being that, and Orlando's going to be a blast. So uh, we'll see what all we get into down there. And when Sam says PGA show, talking about, of course, the PGA merchandise show, which happens every year in Orlando. Big convention center. Everybody brings their new stuff. I would imagine the new TaylorMade Stealth might be making an appearance at the merchandise show, Taylor. Man, I, I can remember, guys, when I was younger and – I would like set my TV to make sure that I was watching the PJ merchandise show every year because like most of the time for people who don't know the new equipment a couple of companies vary from this but generally it comes out the start of February middle of February the reason for that is because of the PJ merchandise show and so being able to get down there and have couple week early access for all the equipment that's going to be one of the main things I'm focused on while you know while we're in between our interview with Daly at Hooters I'm gonna be able checking out some of the new equipment seeing if you know might swipe something in my in my bag it might be frowned upon to to kind of sneak something in the first time we're there so I might wait till you know 10 years down the road that might be a decade long thing but it's going to be so cool to see everything that's going on down there and like I said it's it's a it's a bucket list item for me boys and, and like I told y'all I got to get down there I got to see Minnie Mouse got a big crush big select Celebrity crush on Minnie Mouse. So we'll get down there. We'll try to meet all the stars while we're down there in Orlando hanging out in Disney. But boys, it's time for some golf to be played out in Maui. Everybody is down there and now everybody's clubs have arrived. Now, 14 clubs ideally is how many would arrive in one piece. Victor Hovland, for those of you who've been tracking this story, it took a while for his clubs to show up. And then, Sam, you, you sent us something a little disturbing this morning. Not all 14 of his clubs showed up in one piece? No, the driver was broken, and Victor Hovland posted on Instagram and said, I can't say I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely brutal. I, look, I flew with my golf clubs for the first time in December, and I was so nervous. Whenever we got to Scottsdale, I was so nervous that I was going to take them out of the travel bag because I didn't have a hard case. I had a soft case. I was so nervous I was going to take them out of the travel bag and one of my shafts was going to be broken. Fortunately, everything was good. They took good care of them. They all got there in time. Uh, Victor Hovland not only has to wait. Go ahead, Sam. Go ahead. Boys, I will say last time Victor Hovland had a driver break before the tournament, he won the tournament. So maybe it's a good omen. That's exactly what I was going to say. He breaks it down at Mayakoba and he ends up winning – I don't know. Taylor, do you have any idea? Are equipment trucks going to be on site this week? Because I don't know that they fly equipment trucks out to Hawaii. That's a really good question. I'm honestly not sure because we, we've talked about this before where it's we know they don't go to Mexico and they don't really go to anywhere the side of the country. Well, Hawaii is technically in the country, but it's not really, right? Because we have 48 continental states and we don't have to play a tournament in Alaska. So I'll be honest, that's one thing I don't know about, boys. But uh, I think that... I think we literally talked about Victor Hovland, like if he would bring an extra driver next time. Yes. We'll, we'll see if he learned his lesson. I mean, it it doesn't look like there's an extra driver, though, because, I mean, he's just shipping his clubs over. Uh, he, he posted a picture of the bag. I don't know. Maybe there is an extra driver somewhere. We'll, we'll try to get some more information. I'm sure we'll know tomorrow afternoon, our time, whenever they tee off in Hawaii. What, I think coverage our time starts at like 3 o'clock PGA Tour Live, which now seems like a good time to remind everyone 
PGA Tour Live is not the same as it has been this year. PGA Tour Live is going to be on ESPN Plus, which I think is going to be great. It's going to be easier for me to access. I've had ESPN Plus. That'll be great. Uh, also, we're going to get more different, I think, better feeds this year. We're going to have two featured groups, and then we're going to have a marquee group. So the marquee group is going to be one of the featured groups that you're on more often, but you're also just going to have a main broadcast feed. I think one of the biggest complaints with PGA Tour Live in the past is that you get groups out there and you have the leaders of the tournament and you can't ever watch the leaders of the tournament on Thursday or Friday if they play in the mornings because PGA Tour Live is predetermined to follow these guys. This year, we're going to have a main broadcast feed where if like Taylor Gooch isn't in a featured group, but he's going eight under on Thursday, then they can go over and they can show us some shots from Taylor Gooch. So Sam, I don't know what you think, but I think PGA Tour Live this year, I, I don't know about they are going to have it this week from Hawaii. I'm sure it'll take them a few tournaments to work out all the kinks, but it seems like we're going to be getting a better product as the consumer. Yeah, no doubt. And Colby, do you have written down there who the commentators are going to be on that? I do not have it in front of me. No, I, I think it's a lot of the same that we've seen in the past, uh, but I don't have the list in front of me. Either way, I'm just excited that it's on ESPN plus it's easier to access. I already have ESPN plus and, um, you know, I, I wouldn't use PGA Tour Live too often, but when I do need it, it's really nice. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm sitting watching every single shot on Thursday and Friday, but when you do want to watch some golf, it's nice that it's there now. And so more golf is better. I mean, how annoying is it? Just like you mentioned, Colby. Like, we'll see one or two groups playing, and then they show up the leaderboard, and it's like some guy just made three birdies in a row, and it's like he's leading by two strokes. Well, why couldn't we see that? It's so stupid. It's not, I mean, I understand. It was so stupid. I, like, I understand, right? If they're playing at, at Pebble Beach where they're on three different golf courses, I understand there may be a shot or two that can't be seen. But my Lord, there's 18 holes. It's not that hard to get a camera out there and show us. And now we're going to have it. So shout out to the PGA Tour, shout out to ESPN Plus for making it happen because it really was, I mean, it was one of the worst things about golf coverage is that on Thursday and Friday mornings, unless one of the leaders happened to be in the feature groups, you couldn't watch them. So that'll be a big deal this year. Uh, and that's going to start this week at the Century. So looking forward to that tomorrow. I'm going to have to adjust my one and done picks because Cameron Champ has the vid. So he is out of Century Tournament of Champions. He's played there four times in the past. I would imagine he'll be there again in the future, but he will not be teeing it up in Maui this week. And yes, he was one of my one and done selections. We'll do DraftKings. We'll do one and done after the break. But we've got some season-long predictions to make that we can circle back to at the end of the year. Tyler, go ahead. Fire away. I just wanted to say one thing we didn't mention because we talked about featured groups and a main feed. They're also going to have featured holes throughout the whole show, too. I think that was only yes. something they had um, once the coverage started. And so they would do that instead of uh, the group thing. But, yeah, so we're going to have that all throughout. And I'm reading here there's going to be 3,200 more hours of golf this year shown. I that's mean, a I, lot I, more hours. That's a, that's a lot of hours. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. The more the more hours of coverage we can get, the better. So let's uh, rifle down these. I just wrote these down last night off the top of my head. We'll all make some predictions preseason, and then at the end of the year, we'll come back and see who was most right most often. First prediction we've all got to make is for PGA Tour Player of the Year. This past year, it was Patrick Cantlay, and everyone was in perfect unanimous agreement that it should have been Patrick Cantlay. Uh, not even in the slightest. Most people thought it should have been Rom. Sam, you can start us out since you're up there at Oak Tree. Who do you think is going to be this year's PGA Tour Player of the Year? I'm going to go Colin Morikawa on this one, boys. Oh, going out on a limb. 
with Colin Morikawa, the current number two ranked player in the world. Later in the show, we'll give you the scenario for him to move up to number one after the Tournament of Champions this week. Taylor, who you got? I've got, after we do all this, I've got a fairly bold prediction I'm going to make so my player of the year will make a lot more sense. Give me Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas as player of the year. Okay. That could be a good one. And Colby, by reasoning there, yep, I I totally agree. I I think that's a pretty decent pick there, uh, T-Dub. But the reason why I like Morikawa is I think he's going to win a major this year. And so if I think that, it's tough for me to go against him. Uh, so far, Morikawa is on pace to win one major a year forever. So that would be a pretty good prediction, Sam. I've got for my PGA Tour Player of the Year, Colin Morikawa. I've got Colin Morikawa. He's just, when the, anytime the putter cooperates, his floor is like top 10. Anytime the putter cooperates. And, I mean, a lot of times he's just going to win that week. So I'm going to go Colin Morikawa. I thought about going Rom, ended up going Morikawa. Let's go Rookie of the Year. Sam, who you got for the Rookie of the Year? Um, man, does Zalatoris count? Zalatoris, I he believe. He does not count. He does not count. He does not count. Okay. Okay, I didn't know. I didn't know. Okay, let me... Um, speaking of rookies, real quick, we'll Sam, while, while you think about it, speaking of rookies, congratulations to Josh Creel and his wife who welcomed their son, Colt Creel, into the world yesterday. Another listener on the 73rd hole. Uh, we tweeted out yesterday, we got to get Colt on the pod. Just as soon as he's old enough to start talking and formulating <laughs> sentences, we'll get Colt on the pod. So big congratulations to Josh Creel and his wife. Okay, rookie of the year on tour... Give me Taylor Moore. Ooh, Taylor I Moore. Out on a limb, but give me Taylor Moore. I like it. Little local flavor. Taylor, who you got? I've got three different guys here that I'm kind of leaning towards. I'll go ahead and I think Mito Pereira will probably win it. So I'll go with him. The other two guys, obviously Taylor Moore, I'm going to throw out there. I think he's, it might take him a couple years to get up there, but he's going to be a top 20 player in the world at some point, I believe. The other kind of dark horse, I think, just because he has a lot of tournament experience, Aaron Rye. I think he has a good chance to have a good year this year. The old double glove, iron cover guy may not make it look so pretty, but he's a damn good player. Yeah, and he cut his teeth some on the European tour and and won over there, uh, so he's a good player. I've already got all of mine written down, so you know I'm not copying anybody whenever it gets to me. I've got Mito Pereira. This is a guy I was using a lot in DraftKings in the fall. I think you're going to get value on him early in the season in DraftKings. He's, he's a really good player. Was in the playoff for the uh, bronze medal in the yes. Olympics? Yes, he was. A- as a Corn Ferry Tour member. Uh, Red Raider, correct? Former Texas Tech Red Raider? Well, that sounds right, but let me let me check. Yeah. I, I, I think you will, yeah. Yeah, Sam, Sam agrees. So, uh, yeah, That's Red, right. Red Raider, Mito, Pereira, FedEx champ. This year doesn't always go hand in hand with player of the year. Sometimes it does. Uh, we know the formats change starting at 10 under and working their way down. Sam FedEx cup champ this year. Who you got? I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to, I'm going to hedge fight my through bet. It, Sam. You got to fight one, through it. You got to battle. Oh, oh man. I, I'm going to hedge my bets on this one, guys. I'm going to go John Rom FedEx. Uh, play, I mean, uh, FedEx Cup champion, and then I'll go Morikawa Player of the Year. I like so it. I, I'm kind of hedging my bets here. I so like it. Whatever. Taylor, who you got? I do think that the Player of the Year and the um, FedEx Cup champion will be different this year. Um, like I said, I'll have a little bit of explanation at the end. I think it's Shoffley. Shoffley plays the best at East Lake. I think he's just because of the fact that I have no idea he's going to be 10 under, 8 under, 5 under, even par, whatever. So I'm going to pick the guy who plays uh, East Lake the best. I really thought I was going off the beaten path here. I thought I'd be the only guy with Xander. 
Xander plays Eastlake the best. He's always good there. If he can be five under or better starting that tournament, he's always going to have a good chance to win it. I've also got Xander. So we got a couple of Xanders for FedEx Cup Champ of the Year. I thought I'd be alone there. All right, this next one, we went back and forth a couple weeks ago, but we're pinning it down. Today, we're pinning down our official predictions at which tournament will Tiger return. Sam, we've all thought about it. We've talked about it. Your official prediction for Tiger's return tournament. Oh, man. Okay. I'm going to go. What's the tournament two weeks before the Masters this year? I don't have it written down. Uh, Two weeks before the Masters. Uh, The match play. The match play, which Tiger will not qualify for. Yeah, what's the tournament before that? Valspar. Then the week before that is Players, and the week before that is Bay Hill. All right, give me – just give me Augusta. He's just going to come back and start at Augusta. Okay, I like it. No practice. I like it. Taylor? You know, boys, I'm sitting here, and, you know, during this whole process, I'm thinking – you know, I said St. Andrews before. That was just because kind of I, th- I think someone else had the memorial, so I, I didn't pick that. But I'm looking at it here, guys. The memorial is only two weeks after Southern. I mean, is he really going to not play two weeks before and then play the memorial? I don't think that's going to happen. So, I'm, man, give me the U.S. Open. U.S. No, Open? Give me the U.S. Open at Country Club. Okay, that'd be, uh, that'd be a test for the game to come back at the U.S. Open. It'd also be a test for the game to come back where I'm suggesting – I still think Bay Hill, I still think that that's a little aggressive, but I'm basically just putting my faith in Tiger being Tiger and exceeding our expectations and coming back just as soon as he feels like he can compete. And I think that there's a chance that that's at Bay Hill with a ton of work between now and then put in. And you know, one of the things that I'm just now thinking about this, um, Country Club's a really easy course to walk. Oh, really old school, pretty short, a lot of tees by the green. Yeah, it's just... Is, that, is it Massachusetts? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, there's not a lot of not a lot of terrain up in that area. Yeah, I think that would probably be the easiest place for him to be able to move around that. Yeah, you're probably right. You, I mean, you say St. Andrews, but the weather's over there, very suspect. And we've talked about Tiger maybe wanting to play in some warmer places for the not only the back, but also the legs. So uh, anyway, let's go down. I thought about just having a question that said, will Spieth win? this year, but I think we all would have said yes after the year that he had a year ago. So maybe we'll have some different answers here. How many Spieth wins this calendar year between now and next year's tournament champions? Not just through the FedEx Cup. This calendar year, how many Jordan Spieth wins, Sam? I'm going to go one Spieth win at Colonial. Are you kidding me? Predicting it. That's literally the exact same thing I was going to say. You got one at Colonial? Because he, he finished second to Kokrak last year. He did. He did finish yep. second to Kokrak. God, I, man. That's when we were up at Southern Sam. Hill. Damn it, Sam. I guess I got... I, I, if hey, I had great a, minds think alike, T-Dub. That's a really good point, but this every time we think alike, it usually goes right in the shitter. So let's hope <laughs> that doesn't happen again. <laughs> so you're going one, Taylor? I got to. I, I can't change from... Because if I had written it down like you, Colby, I would have had it right there. I can't do that. I so. didn't go tourney specific, but I had one written down on the paper. I thought maybe we'd have a different answer. Somebody would go two or somebody would go zero. I think it's one. I think it could be Colonial. I think it could be uh, Phoenix. I think... I mean, I think it could be Augusta. I I don't know where it's going to be. I think it could be St. Andrews. I think Jordan Spieth will have one win this year. Now, here's a a, a fun one because he's been close. He's battled some injuries. We all know he's kind of the major killer, but there's only four a year. They're tough to win. 
He made it look easy for a couple years. It's looked harder the last few years. Brooks Kepka, does he win a major? Sam, simple yes or no? I'm going to go yes and give me St. Andrews. Oh, okay. Taylor? I will say no, and I know this will, will sound kind of weird because I'm only saying one. I think he only has one top five in a major this year. Uh, do you have a prediction where it comes? No. No? Probably okay. Augusta. Uh, I think... <laughs> or maybe, maybe Country Club. Yeah, he's been so good at the U.S. Open. I think either Augusta or Country Club. I don't see him doing that well at Southern for whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, he plays good in PJ Championships. I think it could work out. I just, for whatever reason, I just don't think he'll fit well there. Yeah, it's... I'm just kind of... I'm going no almost by default because it's so hard to win majors. It doesn't mean I don't think he could win a major or compete. I definitely think he'll compete. I just... There's only four. There's only so many to go around. They're hard to win. If you gave me any player in the world right now and said, will this guy win a major this year, yes or no? I mean, I'd probably answer no on everybody. Just, they're hard to win. Now, we're going to pick them, and four guys are going to come away with them, but I wouldn't have had Phil last year. I, I mean, a lot of these major winners are tough to predict. I'll go no on Kepka. We'll see how it plays itself out. Uh, number one yeah, in the... Yeah, but if you predict... Colby... Colby, if you if you do if you do predict it, you look like Nostradamus though. So it's cool to make a pick. True, true. I guess if you pick a dark horse, I guess if I was like, I think Colin Morikawa might win a major this year. It's like, well, he's won one the last two years. But if I said I think uh, <laughs> if I said I think Ches Reeve will win a major this year and he wins one, then now I'm definitely Nostrad- Nostradamus at that point. Uh, number one in the world, official world golf ranking on January first of 2023. Sam, who's going to be the number one ranked player in the world at the start of next year? Colin Morikawa. And I think he's going to win a major at Southern Hills. I think he could even contend at Augusta. I think he can contend in all four majors this year. And Colin Morikawa is on the uptick. Him and Victor Hovland and Rory McIlroy are all going to have massive, massive years this year. It's Justin Thomas season. He's, I mean, we, Really? We, it's Justin Thomas season. He's going to have a phenomenal year. I just got a feeling about it. Is it is it just a feeling? You think the putter finally gets going? The putter yeah, I, was so brutal I, last summer. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just say it so I keep teasing it. I think he wins two majors this year. Whoa. Whoa. I so I'm assuming w- you think Southern. No, Masters wow. and U.S. Open. Wow. Masters and U.S. Open. I think Morikawa wins the at Southern, and I think Rory wins at St. Andrews. Okay. Those are my major predictions. Okay. I, so I think I think two majors, is that's the whole reason I think he's going to win player of the year. You can't win two majors and not win that. Right. So. Right, I mean, look, unless I, someone else wins the other two, I love me some JT. I just, I just, I, I got some trust issues last summer with the putter, and he, and he was just kind of struggling a little bit. So got some trust issues there. I'm also going Colin Morikawa. We we all picked the same player for number one in the world that we have as our player of the year. Obviously, you get a bunch of points if you're the player of the year. So I've got Morikawa as well in that sense. Uh, let's just do kind of a fun one for the show. Taylor Gooch's official world golf ranking to start next year. He's currently 32nd in the world. I just looked this morning. He is one spot ahead of the great Phil Mickelson and one spot behind the young Chilean Joaquin Neiman. Sam, his end-of-year world golf ranking for Taylor Gooch. I see his career kind of on the same uptick as we saw Abe Answer last year. And Abe Answer is around 15 in the world right now. And so I'm going to go... 16 for Taylor Gooch by the end of the year. 16? Okay, Taylor? Data Golf has TG ranked as the 17th best player in the world. I'm going to go with 17. 17? Okay. I, uh, I've i seen the way Taylor Gooch's career has progressed, and every time he's kind of taken that next big leap, then he's kind of 
hung at that level for about a year and then taken another leap and then kind of hung around in that same spot and then taken another leap. I think that he improves a little bit this year, but I'm looking at the guys in front of him. I mean, there's good players in front of him. Cameron Smith, Jason Kokrak, Berger, Webb, Kevin Na, Matthew Wolf, Joaquin Neiman. I don't think that there's a ton of guys ahead of him that are going to really fall off. Once you kind of get into the top 30, it's harder to move up because of the caliber of player that's in front of you. So I'm going to say that he finishes the year 27th in the official world golf rankings, which is a good season and sets him up for a big 2023 when I think maybe he takes a bigger leap uh, as, as he starts to become a more regular winner on the PGA Tour. Uh, all right, let's and, do... And one thing about it, Colby, is he'll have, he'll have his schedule set to whatever he wants that schedule to be this sure. year, and he'll be in all the WGCs, all the majors, and so that's also more opportunities for him uh, to gain world ranking points. So I think that he's only going up from here. Yeah, very That's true. That's just my opinion. Yeah, the majors and the WGC is a big deal as he'll be in all of those for the first time in his career. So that'll be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, we'll come back to PGA Tour at the end. Let's take a detour and go to college golf. Let's predict the Big 12 team champ. Last year it was a three-way race. We saw one of the cooties play a little back and forth on 18 at Prairie Dunes. Just a phenomenal green complex. And Oklahoma State ends up taking it by one shot over OU and Texas. Big 12 team champ this year. Fire away, Sam. I got the Oklahoma Sooners. I loved what I saw at Eastlake from OU and obviously Chris Goddard won the individual as well, but they got revenge on Pepperdine and Oklahoma State, and so I think that Oklahoma's the team to beat, and so at this point in the year, it'd be dumb of me to not pick the Oklahoma Sooners. I think that between the two state schools, I think that they're going to trade off from the conference championship and the national championship, and I think last year that with uh, OSU, or was it OSU? Yeah, OSU won at Prairie Dunes, right? Yes. Yeah, so I think that that'll flip-flop, yes. and I think OU will win the conference this year. All right, you think OU wins the conference? I'm kind of thinking the same way you are, Taylor, but in reverse. I've got Oklahoma State as the Big 12 team champ. Uh, where are they playing that this year? Is that Trinity Forest this year? I think so. It's, it's, down, a- in, it's, it's down in Dallas, yeah. And so we'll, we'll hopefully be there again, doing our same thing as last year. It's down in Dallas, a nice little three-hour drive. Hopefully we can uh, make that happen. Again. Can I just lob like a very minor complaint? I don't want to be a complainer to start the year. Why is that thing not at Prairie Dunes every year? Prairie Dunes is so awesome. I mean, why is it not a prairie every year? I can't make sense of it. We should write a strongly worded letter to the to the uh, conference because a different team has to host every year. Well, I disagree. Right? I think all ten of them should host I, it at Prairie Dunes. I do think that's why, Sam. I think you're definitely right. No, there. that is why. That is why. I'm just saying. All 10 schools should just host it at Prairie Dunes. West Virginia, host at Prairie Dunes. Iowa State, Prairie Dunes. Baylor, Prairie Dunes. It's too good. It's too good. I need more Prairie Dunes in my life. Uh, all right. NCAA team champ. This will be played at the same course it was played at a year ago, the Raptor course at Greyhawk. Sam, team champ. You going OU with the uh, clean sweep? By the way, I had the rankings, Gostat team rankings pulled up. Here's the top eight. I'll just throw the top eight at you because that's how many would make it into match play. Number one, OU, and then North Carolina, Arizona State, Oklahoma State, Arkansas, Pepperdine, Stanford, and Texas. Those are your top eight currently on Gostat. Sam, who is your NCAA team champ this year? I say that the Oklahoma Sooners beat the Arkansas Razorbacks in the finals out at Greyhawk. I loved what I saw from little John Daly at the PNC, and he hadn't even been able to really crack that lineup. 
and so those, those guys, I haven't seen them play in person, but they must be balling out there in Little, I mean, in uh, Fayetteville. And so, you know, I think that OU still is just the team to beat, Colby, and I'm going to piss off a lot of OSU fans probably saying that, but it, it's just from what I saw at Eastlake and, and the whole fall season and those younger guys from last year just getting older and older and more experienced. And so, uh, as Ryan Hibble said in his interview with us, he goes, we've, we've gotten a lot of great play from the younger guys and the older guys have continued to step up such as Chris Goddard And so I, I love the Oklahoma Sooners this year. And at this point in the year, I have to pick them. I can't believe I'm doing it. It almost hurts because I want to pick OU so bad, but I, I just think they're going to, they're going to flip flop. One's going to win the conference. One's going to win the national title. I think OSU's going to win. I really do. Uh, and Taylor, like I said, I think we're doing the same thing in reverse. I think one of them's going to win the Big 12. The other one's going to win the Natty. It's Match play in the Natty is so tough. You need veterans. Logan McAllister is that. Chris Goddard is that. I think that OU gets it done at Greyhawk after OSU gets it done at Trinity Forest. So we're all picking state schools. I figured we would. And that doesn't mean there aren't good schools elsewhere. North Carolina, Arizona State, Arkansas, Pepperdine, Stanford. Those are good programs. Uh, Texas is a good program. All of those schools would certainly have a chance in match play. Uh, but we love what's happening with the state schools here in the state of Oklahoma. But it's not like, it's not like we're being homers either, though. I mean, no. It's the, it's the number know, one. I mean, yeah, it's the number one and number four ranked team in the country. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so we're, we're not going out on a limb or anything by picking the state schools. I did want to touch on the women's side, uh, guys. O- Oklahoma's women's program, not quite at the level w- with some of the elites around the country. But Greg Robertson has gotten Oklahoma State's women to that point. Oklahoma State's women finished second last year at Greyhawk in the national championship, won all four tournaments they competed in this fall, including the East Lake Cup. So we'll just, it, it's a simple yes or no. Sam, do you think the Oklahoma State women do what they almost did a year ago and bring home a national championship this year? I do. I mean, they were just absolutely dominant in their fall season, like you just said, and uh, they have some star power on that team as well. By, by the way, currently the second-ranked uh, team in the country, just mere fractions, thousands of a point in rankings behind Stanford at the moment, which, of course, has Rachel Heck, who is the number one player in the country, All-American, wins every time she tees it up, it seems like. Um, so Oklahoma State currently the number two-ranked team in the country. Taylor, it's Stanford, Oklahoma State, South Carolina, Oregon. Those, those are the top programs around the country. You think Greg Robertson and Oklahoma State get it done? The only reason I'm going to say no is because I already picked the men's side to win. I just don't think the men and women will win in the same year. So I, I don't know if that's just default by saying no, but I, I'm just going to – I don't think they will, personally. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the I mean, the easy answer is no because it's match play. It's eight schools, match play. Match play is kind of random, but I think Oklahoma State's getting pretty good at match play. You had Greyhawk in the spring where they went out, made the run to the national championships, almost got it done against Ole Miss. And then Eastlake, they go out and they just pretty much ran through everybody at Eastlake. They were phenomenal in that event. So I'm going to say that they've kind of got match play figured out, and I'm going to run Oklahoma State out. I think Stanford will have all the pressure of being the number one team, Rachel Heck being the number one player in the country. And I think Oklahoma State will get it done. Greg Robertson has built something pretty special there. Uh, While we're on the Oklahoma State theme, guys, he he came close at the end of last year. Does Ricky win this year? Sam, yes or no? Ricky Fowler hoisting a trophy on the PGA Tour, by the way. Taylor asked before the show if Corn Ferry counted. And no, it does not. On the PGA Tour, does Ricky get a win this year? No. No, come on, guys. Absolutely not. 
there's there's no there's no world that we're living in that Ricky Fowler gets a win in 2022. Real, no world. You act like it was a crazy question. I, I mean, I don't know that he will, but I don't think it's at, totally out of the realm of possibility. To me, I mean, he's just so far away from what he even was. And to me, it's such a long road back. And when he does get in contention, I I don't see that swing holding up. And it's going to be the weight of the world on his shoulders when he does get in contention to win again. And I just don't see him breaking through in 2022. Maybe in the future in 23 or 24. Uh, but I'd have to see something a little better than what I've seen so far from Ricky. Scrolling through the World Golf Ranking results here, guys. Since the American Express in 2020, he has two top tens. One at the PGA Championship, the other at the CJ Cup this last year where he finished third. So I think I'm with Sam, maybe not to the extent of I don't know a world where it happens just because he might play a, a bad event or something that's not that strong and then make a few putts, but I'm, I'm pretty leaning towards the side that there's no way, and I think it's pretty confident he doesn't win. And I think, honestly, a bigger question would be, is he going to win again? And if he does win, is it going to happen? I don't think it's this year. I really don't. Um, I don't think it's this year. I'm answering this question no as well. But we did see something from him at the CJ Cup. He was very much in contention to win that tournament. Um, I think that there's a chance. I don't think there's no world in which it happens. I wouldn't predict it. Not going into any week am I going to predict it. But if we're sitting here in, you know, May, and he pops at the Byron Nelson or something, or if he wins the Valero Texas Open, something like that, I, it wouldn't absolutely shock me. So I'll say no, but it wouldn't shock me if he can put it together and get a win. Uh, two more. This is kind of a big one. Sam, you mentioned him a little bit earlier. Does Rory McIlroy win a major in 2022? Yes, and I think it'll be at the Country Club of Brookline. I think that he might even contend at the Masters and at the British Open. I don't see him contending quite as much at Southern Hills, but with Rory, he's, his game has been on an uptick consistently since he got rid of the whole Bryson trying to gain speed and all that from the start of last year, and he's consistently you know, gotten better ever since he threw that in the trash. And as long as his distance control with his short irons is what it was, even at the Ryder Cup, I saw a lot of good things from Rory McIlroy. And he can make putts. Watch out, because his ceiling is maybe higher than anybody else's on tour. And I think that Rory McIlroy is going to have a big 2022 where he played some good golf and didn't get much out of it in 2021. I think he wins at St. Andrews. Um, obviously, with the Open Championship, you're so dependent on tee time, but I, I think that he's going to be the favorite there, and I'm going to roll with him. And I, I think he finishes top ten in Augusta. I don't think he wins. He's either going to be in the one of the last two groups on Sunday and then not play very good, or he's going to backdoor a top ten. One, either one of those is going to happen, in my opinion. I think he finishes top ten at Augusta. He, he usually plays pretty well there. I just... We've seen it so many times from Rory since he last won a major in 2014, right? 2014, last time he won a major. It's just been so Mm -hmm. long. I don't think I can predict it to happen. I would love to see it. Rory is legitimately one of my favorite players on tour. He's Every time he speaks, I I feel like I I get smarter and I feel like I become better just by listening to him talk. He's an amazing interview. He seems like an amazing guy. 
I want to see him win. I want to see him be successful. It's just been so long, and he's had so many chances. He gets close, and then one thing or another happens, and it keeps him out of the winner's circle at majors. So I will begrudgingly say no, and I really hope I'm wrong about that one because I would love to see Rory win one this year. Uh, all right, last one. Best strokes gained total on the season. Last year, John Rahm was, you know, borderline record-breaking with some of the things he was doing strokes gained-wise despite only the one win. So this is why I say best strokes gain. He didn't win player of the year. He didn't win the FedEx Cup. But strokes gain, he was phenomenal. Who is that guy this year, Sam? Who leads the tour in strokes gained? To me, it kind of goes hand-in-hand with player of the year player of the year and the the FedEx Cup champion. And so I got to go Colin Morikawa on this one to me. And then the other guy to look out for that I haven't really mentioned is Victor Hovland on strokes gain for the entire year. He's one of the most consistent players on tour and he's only getting older and better uh, as time goes on. So I think that it'll be Colin Morikawa. It'll be Victor Hovland up there. John Rahm will be up there as well. Uh, but I got to go Colin Morikawa. I think John Rom blows it away again. I truly do. Even though I've had JT winning at the majors, I think Rom just does every aspect of the game so well that mathematics just make that add up. I was I was leaning towards Sam with the Victor Hovland thing, but I'm looking at it. Over the last 12 months, he's lost almost .3 around the green, and then the last six months, that didn't improve. It got worse. So I don't know how well the chipping is, and that'll add up. Same thing with Morikawa on the putting. I mean, it's just whenever you add it up all year, we talk about if the, if he's, if the putter's hot, he wins, but what but what doesn't get acknowledged is when he doesn't win, the putter just isn't off. It's bad, like horribly bad. And so I think that that's going to hold him back whenever you add it up at the end of the year, all four of the metrics. So I will go with John Rom, someone we didn't talk about who was um, second place and the last uh, champion or FedEx champion, Patrick Cantlay. I mean, he does every aspect of the game so well. It wouldn't surprise me if he has a good year. And we hadn't really talked about him. We didn't mention him to win any majors. He's just kind of that quiet sleeper that just goes out and makes million dollars every week, and we don't talk about him. Yeah, very quietly goes about his business. Also, one thing for Victor Hovland, it's a lot harder for him to practice his chipping because his clubs don't arrive until 24 hours before the tournament starts, and then you never know if they're going to be in one piece. So <laughs> at least he, he doesn't – at least – go ahead. No, I was just going to say, he's at a disadvantage not having clubs when other guys have clubs. At least he doesn't have to chip with a driver. <laughs> at least he doesn't have to chip with a driver. I'm going to go Rom as well. It's one of those things where, you know – Bryson has all the eyes on him because of his tee shots. Morikawa, everybody's in love with his iron. Spieth can get really hot with the putter. Patrick Reed is amazing around the greens. All these guys have this one thing that they do incredibly well that we focus in on. Rom is just really good at all of it. He's not the best driver in the world, but he's a great driver. He's not the best iron player in the world, but he's a good iron player. He's not the best owner around the greens in the world, but he's really good at both of those things. He's just really good at everything. I think that lends itself towards the strokes gained metrics. Uh, so those, I'm going to go with Rom as well. Taylor? Um, two more things I want to ask. We talking about, I think we went through all of them. Do we have our four major champions each? Uh, we did not rattle off our four major champions. I <sighs> Tell you the truth, I don't know who I would pick today to win the four majors because I take current form largely into account whenever I go into majors. So it's hard for me to do preseason Major predictions. You you gave yours, though. Rattle them off yep. again. Uh, JT Masters, um, Morikawa at Southern, PGA, JT at Brookline, at, or, yeah, the Country Club in Brookline, yep. and yep. then uh, Rory at St. Andrews. Sam, do you know off the top of your head who you're picking to win the four majors, or do you want to throw out some guesses? I don't know, you know, what I'll say when the time comes, but right now I would pick 
Rory to win the Masters. I'd pick Colin Morikawa to win the PGA and the U.S. Open. And then I'm going to pick Brooks Kepka to win at St. Andrews. Okay. I like it. I'll throw some out, too, if we're making the prediction. What were you going to say, Taylor? No, go, 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 go ahead. I just have one more thing to add. After. Okay, at the Masters, uh, the Masters, I, I want to pick a veteran. I think I'll take... I think I'll take the same guy you're taking, Taylor. He's been trending that direction. Every year, he gets a little closer. He gets a little closer. He gets a little closer. I think I'll take JT to win the Masters. Uh, next one's going to be the PGA at Southern. I think Southern sets up well for a lot of guys. One thing about Southern we want to talk about, it could play just as much factor with the tee time as an Open Championship does in May in it Oklahoma. Could. It very well could. May in Oklahoma could be wildly unpredictable. I, I think Morikawa gets one this year, and I, I don't know anywhere that I like better than Southern, so I think he just throws darts. I'll take him to throw darts at Southern. Uh, worry about the putter a little bit on those diabolical greens, but, you know, he, he's won on some tough courses. He's a good player. So I'll take Morikawa at the hey, PGA. Go ahead, Sam. Go ahead. I want, I want to switch a pick. My U.S. Open... I'm not going back to back with Morikawa. I'm going to go Rom at the U.S. Open and uh, Morikawa at Southern Hill. Rom be joining Elite Company with back to back U.S. Opens. He would. He would. Uh, I'm going to go not back to back, but only one in between. Give me Ben Bryson to win the U.S. Open. He'll just go out and hit bombs. I'll take Bryson at the U.S. Open, and then at St. Andrews. St. Andrews, I think a lot of guys could win at St. Andrews. I, it, a lot of it comes down to the weather. I think Spieth could win at St. Andrews. I think Kepka. I think Rory. I think JT, Morikawa, DJ. Um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw out the, the best player that we don't talk about nearly enough. We just talked about him. He quietly does his business. Cantlay's got to get one at some point. You would think. Why not this year? Why not this year? He does everything well. Why not St. Andrews? I'll take Cantlay. Uh, right now as my Open champion. And then the last thing I just want to ask you guys, I, I said my bold prediction was that JT would win two majors. You guys got a, a bold prediction for the year upcoming? Something that we may not see um, just from the headlines? Sam, anything bold coming from your camp? Go ahead, Colby. Let me put some thought into that. Uh, my bold prediction is that Sam Burns will win the most PGA Tour events this year. Wow, that is I, a good one. I don't think they'll all be big events, but Sam Burns has kind of figured out how to win. Sam Burns has just very quietly snuck his way up to 10th in the world. He's a 10th-ranked player in the world, ahead of Louis Oosthuizen, and Harris English, Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth, Tony Finau. He's ahead of all those guys. He knows how to win. I think he'll play some of these tournaments uh, that not some other guys will play. I think he finishes the season with three or four wins. No majors, no WGCs, but three or four regular tour wins. Probably end up finishing top five, top ten at the FedEx Cup. I think Sam Burns finishes the season with the most tour wins. That's my bold prediction. Sam? I'm going to go with Victor Hovland to have a handful of wins. Five wins on the season. Ooh. Well, that's a... That's- Ooh. That is a handful. We're talking about but no majors. Here. But no majors. But no majors. Why do you hate Victor Hovland? I'll take it off the air. <laughs> it's because I picked Colin Morikawa, but I'm loving Victor Hovland the more and more I look into his stats here. Yeah, I think he'll have a great season as well. He's all the way up to number seven in the world now. Number seven in the world. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break? That was a lot of fun doing all of our predictions. Take a break. Come back on the other side. We will talk about that scenario that I mentioned earlier that could get Colin Morikawa up to number one in the world after the Century Tournament of Champions. We'll give you our DraftKings lineups, our one-and-done picks, our best bets. 
Golf's back. It, it's been a nice little break. Been a very little break, but it's back. We'll talk about all of it, make our predictions, give it all to you coming up on the other side. Stay with us here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at mcrayroofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McCray Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back. Rolling along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Thrilled to be back in the new year, 2022. I don't know about y'all, but even though it was only a few weeks, I just kind of feel rejuvenated. We took a couple weeks off, had the the review show come out. Um, Sam got busy at the station, still going to try to throw part two out this week for whoever wants to go back and listen to some of the stuff we did last year. It's It's out. out. From last night, yeah. I, I, I... Finally got it done last night at about 1 a.m. Okay, and perfect. And so it's out. Perfect, And yeah. you can hear my voice go, you can hear my voice go to crap in the middle of it. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. So go back, listen to all the fun stuff that we did last year, all of our great guests. Uh, Sam, I know Woody shot you a text and was showing us some love. Love all of our great guests and had a blast last year. This year is going to be even better with uh, PGA Championship at Southern. We're headed down to the PGA Merchandise Show in Orlando. Just a lot of good stuff coming this year on the 73rd hole. Uh, and a couple weeks off, feel rejuvenated, feel refreshed. It was a mega season last year. It was easy to get a little burnout. Fall tournaments kind of playing along. PNC has now become a staple of the schedule every year for golf fans. So it's good to be back in the actual tournament swing of things. Um, I know the season starts in September with the Fortnite Championship. It always feels to me like it starts in Hawaii. Are you all the same way, Taylor? Do you feel that way? Like Hawaii's the start of the season for 100%, me. right. And it's... Like, I understand what the tour is doing because you get a lot more players to play in the fall when you do that, and you get a lot better field. So I completely understand why I did it. But I'm with you, Colby. It just, it's like, it's almost like what happens after the tour championship. It's kind of like post It's almost like bowl games. It's kind of what it feels like. It feels like I'm watching the uh, the Armed Forces Bowl or whatever it's called. <laughs> Until Taylor Goods wins the PGA Tour. I, could, and I couldn't disagree more. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it didn't feel like a bowl game when Taylor Gooch went out and won the RSM Classic. Okay, if Taylor Gooch doesn't win this fall, then there's nothing that would have gotten me excited this fall. TG winning got me very excited, but it's it's not about TG. It's not about local guys having success or not. It's just like after the FedEx Cup, you kind of football season takes over, and there's only so much space in the sports brain for things to to take place. There's only so many hours to watch sports every week. I'm watching so much football from September through December. 
it's just hard to make a lot of space for these 170 strength of field tournaments. Doesn't make it any less great if you win them. I mean, TG's 32 in the world. He got all the accolades. So I'm not trying to downplay guys who win in the fall. I'm just saying from a fan perspective, once Sentry hits, I'm in golf mode now. Did, 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 did I make more sense of that, Sam? Yes, 100%. This does feel like the beginning of work for us as, as, far, as, as far as covering golf throughout the year, if, if that's what you mean. So, go ahead, Tony. I was going to say, one of the reasons why it may feel like that is because the one-and-done stops after the Tour Championship. So, it's like you go from watching a player you want to win because you have money on him to just watching the golf to enjoy it. And I, I know I compared it to the bowl games, and that probably wasn't a very fair analogy because I watched 95% of the tournaments that were out. I think the only one I didn't watch was the uh, – well, whatever it was called, where the strength of field was 69 in Barracuda or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah. Bermuda, yeah. Bermuda. Bermuda, whenever they couldn't get the, the field because of the travel restrictions and the weather that week, the wind was projected to blow like 40 miles an hour every day. Yeah, I just protested that tournament. There's right. No, yeah. Yeah, just a lot of guys didn't watch that one. So, a uh, lot of exciting things coming in 2022. Uh, sometimes I lose track of what we talk about off the air and on the air, but I don't think, Taylor, that we have told people about what you're going to be doing this year. You and I were at lunch a couple weeks ago. Sam, you were off working at the radio station being all big time. Me and Taylor were having lunch. And Taylor's like, you know, I wish I could just hop on and, and just throw stuff out mid-tournament, weekends, whenever. And you had a great idea and, and it's it's happening in 2022. So, Taylor, share with the listeners what they can expect as far as additional content goes. Yeah, so coming up here pretty soon, I'll be doing essentially my own individual show whenever I'm just kind of doing my own thing, like you said, just watching a tournament, and that way, for example, it doesn't interfere with the 73rd hole listening because I don't want people to click on and just listen to me rant for five minutes about random stuff. So it'll be just a uh, entirely different thing. It'll be called Birdies for Everyone. So the full F O R E. Yeah, four. And I didn't purposely misspell that. I just, you know, thought it was a clever idea. And so it'll just essentially be me rattling off how I think and feel. And so if you think that I'm not a complete imbecile, check it out. And hopefully I'll be able to give some insight. I'll just kind of dive into everything. My, I kind of just kind of piggyback off what we talk about here. And if I, I might just be sitting around thinking, you know what? I was supposed to say this and I forgot about it. So more than likely I'll forget about it before next show. So I'll just spit it out then. We can talk about it then too if I think of more stuff so I just think at the end of the day I love golf I love to talk about golf and I could do I could do a show every day for 10 hours so the fact that I'm going to keep doing this just really makes my heart happy and I hope that everyone gives it a try and if you hear what you like then keep on listening because I'll give as much knowledge as I can yeah we can't always get together during I, tournaments most of the time during tournaments we're not together and when stuff happens I mean like last year with the Patrick Reed incident and stuff like that I mean all these things midway point of, of majors if we're unable to get together I've got a baby coming in April so I, obviously I'm going to be busy and probably a little sleep deprived Taylor will be coming your way birdies for everyone F-O-R-E the, the feed is already out right so people yes. can go ahead wherever you're listening just go in, the, in your library right now in your podcast library go to birdies for F-O-R-E everyone one. Click on that, subscribe to it, add it to your list. That way you're ready to go whenever Taylor starts rattling some of this stuff off uh, mid-tournament and just things that we're not able to get into on our normal pod, Taylor's going to give you there on his own. What were you saying, Sam? I cannot wait for this. I mean, I'm so excited. During the tournament, we get more golf content. Thank you, T-Dub. It's like Christmas morning. I'll tell you, and I want to say this before anyone else listens. These will be my own thoughts. So if I sound like a complete dumbass, I don't want anyone to be <laughs> tweeting at Colby or Sam, calling them pieces of shit like we've had happen in the past. So I don't get on social media, but if you have anything to say bad about it, come at me. Don't come at my friends and my co-hosts. Yeah, honestly, it'd probably get lost in the weeds in my mention. 
<laughs> it did get lost in the weeds. If you want to insult me on Twitter, you can. There's no guarantee I'll see it because it might just blend in with the other. So that's good stuff. Everybody, hey, like I said, funny go story about to that. that. Go ahead, Sam. Funny story about that. So the other day, uh, obviously, I filled in for the goat Matt, Matt Ravis last week on the animal, and so I was producing for Mark's show and uh, Jim Traber's show, even though it was some guys filling in, such as my dad and Gideon Hamilton and stuff like that. So when I get off, it's like 4.30, and I get these tweets from like all these people asking me about raisins and, and cookies with raisins in them and pies and all this stuff. Well, I guess what happened was Tyler Adams, who is also a producer up at the station, kind of sounds like me. And so when I got off at 4 o'clock, him and Al were talking about raisins and cookies and pies. And I was getting hate for loving raisins. I don't like raisins. And I was tweeting back, what are you guys talking about? And I finally realized that Tyler Adams was talking about raisins on the sports animals. So I caught some straight bullets last week. You, you have no idea the number of times when I worked at the franchise. There was another guy there named Colby Daniels. I mean, the amount of times that he would get tweets meant for me and I would get tweets meant for him, it was... <laughs> I would say neither of us has worked there in at least two and a half years. I would say as recently as three months ago, I've gotten a tweet intended for Colby Daniels. It's, it's unbelievable the <laughs> inability for last names to factor into the equation when people are firing off tweets. Sam, I, I just got to ask you what? this, my friend. Yep. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago. You and the Hump Man were on during Traber's show. In my opinion, that was the best radio the state has seen all year. Who do I need to talk to at the Sports Animal to say, we need Sam and Huntman to have their own show for as long as we can have it? Who do I need to talk to? Who do I need to write to? What do I need to do to make this happen? Well, I appreciate it, T-Dub. I'm just trying to do all the little work to, to get my foot in the door, and I hope that, <laughs> first of all, I hope that I can talk because <laughs> my voice is going away as we speak. <laughs> it's like my flu game today. Um but, yeah, no, I, I appreciate that, T-Dub, and, and hopefully people enjoyed listening to it. And we had to give a little Tiger Woods love uh, during Traver's hour, but Traver has been awesome to work with as well. Uh, so it's all in good fun. But uh, it was fun and kind of a dream come true to, to be on the air with my dad. And uh, hopefully I sounded a little better than I sound today. <laughs> it, it was some of the best radio that I've heard on this planet or any other planet. So let's uh, let's, <laughs> let's dive into our century preview here. Hawaii at times can feel like its own planet, a remote chain of islands out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And I think one of the big storylines this year, guys, is going to be the official world golf rankings and the bouncing back and forth between John Rahm and Colin Morikawa, who in terms of points are light years ahead of everybody else in the field. The gap from two to three from Morikawa to DJ is about the same as the gap from DJ to the 11th ranked player in the world, Louis Oosthuizen. So one and two have kind of separated themselves from three and on. So Rom is currently number one. Morikawa is number two. I think this will be a big storyline throughout the year. Morikawa can become the number one player in the world this week. He needs to finish at least solo third uh, or better. If, if Morikawa doesn't finish solo third or better, he can't become number one player in the world. Now, if he wins... He still needs John Rom to do some things. If he wins, Rom has to finish worse than Solo second. And then there's other scenarios where Morikawa can finish second 
and can finish third, but Rom would have to finish like outside of T32, which is going to be almost impossible to do. So really the most likely scenario for Morikawa to become number one this week is to win and have Rom finish worse than Solo second. So uh, big storyline throughout the year. I, they're probably going to play leapfrog most of the year, aren't they, Taylor? I would think so. And, you know, here's the question I got to ask. Does it matter if you're number one in the world for, like, an hour or, like, a month? It's like you were number one at one point, so it's something you got to relish. And I understand Tiger being number one for 580-something weeks or whatever it was. That's just a little egregious. But if you get the number one player in the world, I don't care if you're there for literally five seconds. You deserve to be as close to the Hall of Fame as you can get without being officially inducted. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that'll be a storyline to follow. Guys, you All mentioned year. Go ahead, Sam. Colby, you mentioned DJ. You mentioned DJ. We didn't even talk about him in the whole first segment. Now, what are your guys' thoughts on DJ headed into 2022? Well, my thoughts are that he's not in the field because he didn't win last year. It's uh, it's a little weird. No, I'm saying in 2022. No, no, no. Like, it I, just says yeah. in the year as a whole. No, I know. It's just weird because every year you just expect DJ to go out and light up Kapalua. Also, he won a Masters 14 months ago, but he didn't actually win in the calendar year 2021. And if you think about he, how hot he was in the fall of 2020, and then for him not to win in the calendar year 2021 – I cannot think of a better illustration or representation of how hard it is to win on the PGA Tour than the fact that Dustin Johnson, who's still the number third ranked player in the world, did not get it done in 2021. It's hard to win on the tour. I think he'll have a great season, though, probably a couple of wins, competing a few of the majors. Uh, I mean, it's DJ. D- DJ's going to do DJ things. I mean, are we going to see the DJ that we saw at the Ryder Cup who went 5-0, and or are we going to see the DJ that shoots 80 in the first round and, and withdraws? And you know what, my answer is? I think we're going to see both. I really do. I think that DJ's just such a streaky player. When he gets on those runs, better watch out. I mean, like, he's... Like Sam brought up earlier, and I agree with that. I think Rory is probably the most quote-unquote talented player on the tour. But when DJ's at his best, man, it's hard to beat that guy. And so I just I don't know how much of his best we'll see. I think we'll probably have about a month stretch. I don't know where it'll happen, where he, he might win one or two events and then finish top five then and there. But he's also going to have a month or two stretch where he makes, you know, 30% of his cuts. What do you think, Sam? Let me ask you guys. Well, yeah, let me ask you guys this real quick. I, I agree totally with what T Dub just said on Dustin Johnson, um, but I want to ask you guys before the season starts, and then we'll get into our DraftKings stuff. What is the top level? What is who are the most elite guys, and how many guys are on that list of the top of the top on the PGA Tour? Who would you put on that list, and who would you leave off, and maybe give it? four or five guys or just put as many as you think if it's just Rom and Colin Morikawa then tell me that uh if we're going tier one I think on tier one I would have Rom Morikawa DJ Cantlay and Bryson I think I would have the top five in the world on tier one and then there's just a tiny little dip down to Tier 2 where we get into the next guys. How many guys would you have on Tier 1, Tyler? Now, see, and, and this is where it gets into it because it's, you know, are we talking about who's at their at their best of their game or are we talking about who's going to be the most consistent throughout no, the whole year? My, neither. My question is who, when they have their A game, no one can beat them except for the other guys on that tier. I get you. That, 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 that's kind of where I'm leaning here. I'm going to – I'd go with Colby in the sense of I think Rom, Morikawa – and DJ are on that list. 
I, I man, it's just tough because I, I I gotta throw Rory in there, and he's the ninth ranked player in the world. I, I'd have to say I'd have to throw JT in there too because he's such a great ball striker. He's eighth player in the world. Then you scroll down, you got Brooks Kepka at sixteen, who has four major championships. So are we gonna throw him in that aspect too? I mean. I, I think with Brooks, with the history, or not history, the injury stuff that's been going on, I think he's kind of just slided below that a little bit. But I would probably go Rom, Morikawa, DJ, Bryson, Rory, and JT. I and, think. And I, by the way, I was using a little different criteria. I didn't realize that was the criteria. I was saying over the course of a season, who are the most elite guys that are going to show up for you the most times throughout the course of a season? That's more so the criteria that I was using. So little bit right. different. But it's almost the same guy. Almost the same guys. And I would throw Brooks Kepka in there as well. But my point here, boys, is that there's quite a few. There hasn't been, you know, five or six guys that can just dominate the tour like these guys can. The tour is deeper than ever. That's that it that's it sets us up for just an amazing twenty twenty two because even guys that we're not talking about like a DJ or a Kepka or even a Speeth, you know, could blow up in 2022 and we just have no idea right now last last year at this time you know Jordan Spieth wasn't even on the radar right and so I think that guys are gonna you know continue to surprise us in 2022 is just my point and we might even keep having younger guys come on and play well like Zalatoris if he learns how to putt he could be a top 10 player in the world in a few months yeah absolutely it's an exciting way to ring That's in a big if yeah it's an exciting way to ring I, in the I, new year I think year. it's a no but we can say if if we want and another exciting way to ring in the new year at Ring Family Dentistry with the rings it's a family business they go out of their way to ensure that all treatment is as comfortable as possible leading edge technology they've been delivering same day crowns for more than 20 years they do it all you want it they've got it implants clear aligner orthodontics give them a call ring family dentistry some dentists can over treat they never do anything that doesn't absolutely need done if they can't show why treatment is needed they will not prescribe it they explain their opinion answer any questions and ultimately leave all decisions to the patient check them out ring family dentistry here in oklahoma city taylor it is time for the first time this year for us to guess the strength of field you've got it pulled up You've already seen it, right? Yes, I have, yes. Okay, so you're eliminated from guessing. We will go to Mr. Sickman himself. Sam, fire away with your guess. First strength of the field of the year. Remember, limited field. So, fire away. Give me 472. I was thinking about going in the fours as well. It's a limited field, but it's also a stacked field. Numbers 1, 2, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 in the world, 10 in the world. Um, this one for me is hard to guess because I don't remember what it was last year for, for a point of reference with all the best players, but it's such a limited field. I'm going to go 569. Y'all boys are both pretty close, kind of right in the middle, 514. Okay. Well, yeah, we were on both sides of it. And here's one other thing. So you, yep. you mentioned how it's a limited field just a second ago, Colby. There are two players in the field ranked outside the top 100 in the world. Can you name both the players or just one of the players? Or none of the players? Outside the top 100 in the world. Two players in the field outside the top 100. Is Joel Damon outside the top 100? Joel Damon is 93rd. Ooh. Lucas Glover? Lucas Glover, 124th. Okay. Um, wouldn't be Lucas Herbert because he plays across the pond a lot. Get his ranking up. Uh, K.H. Lee... Is Cage Lee outside the top 100? 63rd. Oh, man. I'll give you a hint. Get the button ready. Matt Jones! 
104th in the world, Matt Jones. Really? I love it. Starting off the year hot. (laughs) (laughs) We had to hit it just one more time. So, what did you say, 514? 514. It's pretty solid for limited field. I mean, there's what, like 39 players, 38 players, something like that? I don't know. Cameron Champ with John kind of messed it up. Yeah, I think it's 38. I think it's 38 with Cameron Champ withdrawing. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. Let's go ahead and dive in with our DraftKings lineups. Uh, We'll do it in snake order like we typically do. And we're just going to defer to Sam. Since he's a little under the weather, we're going to let Sam go first and get us started. Who's your cheapest option this week in DraftKings, Sam? Okay, I'll tell you my cheapest option one second. I want to ask T-Dub, just for reference, what was the Tour Championship strength of field compared to this? Very good question. Let me hit one button here. Um, strength of field, the Tour Championship was 538. So really not that far off. Very close, yeah. So it's just like... Very the, similar, the right? Extra, okay. Yeah, the extra eight players or how many ever in the field, really the only thing that... Uh, or I guess so, the Tour Championship was a little higher. But nevertheless, I mean, that just goes to show that how many... Like you mentioned, Colby, there's what, eight of the top ten players in the field? I mean, that's just ridiculous. Or seven yeah. in the top ten? Uh, only ones who aren't are what? DJ and who else is in there? Uh, Rory. DJ Rory. Yep, not there. And then the 11th player, Louie's not in the field either. So. Yep. So, all right, Sam, cheapest gotcha. option. Okay. All right. So, my cheapest option on DraftKings is our guy, Taylor Gooch, at 7,600. Obviously, number one in the FedEx Cup. And so, I'm looking for big things in 2022 from Taylor Gooch. But part of it is, I think that. If you don't go middle-loaded with your lineup on DraftKings this week at Kapalua, I think you're crazy because there's a lot of value in the middle, but once it gets to the bottom, not much value there uh, with those guys. And so, or at least not much value because I don't think they're going to play very well. And so I think that going middle is the way to go this week. Give me Taylor Gooch at 7,600. Yeah, I I, I agree with you on that point, Sam. So I'm going to go... Down to 6,600. I think that Bombers do well at this course. So I'm going to go with a guy with, who, with his name bombs it. Give me Seamus Power. I think he's been playing pretty good. I look at it since the uh, Shriners last year. He's made uh, four or five cuts with 21st, 12th, 11th, missed a cut at, down in Houston, but then finished fourth at the RSM. I think he's playing really well. Usually first-timers don't have the best success at this course. It takes a little bit of repetition, but nevertheless, I think Seamus Power has a pretty good week for the 6,600 value. So I, for that reason, I tried to pick all guys who've played here several times in the past. Do you know how many times there's been a first-time winner? At Kapalua. And, and when I say first-time winner, obviously you have to have won to get there. I mean winning in your first appearance at Kapalua. You know how many times it's happened? Twice. It's happened once. I do not. It's happened one time. Can you name the winner? Any guesses? Stuart Appleby. It was not Stuart Appleby. Only one first-time winner. It was was the, it last year? It was the first year of the event. Was it Harris English? It was the first year of the event when they were all first-timers. That would make the most sense. Nobody's ever done oh, it. Oh, wow. Except for the first year, it was David Duvall. David Duvall won it the very first year. That's a fun fact for the day right there. Yeah, fun fact for the day. Nobody, that is a fun fact. Yeah, since the inception of this tournament, nobody has won it in their first try except for the year that they were all on their first try. So I'm going way cheap. I wanted to save money with my cheapest option. I'm going with a guy who's played here four times in the past, including three of the last four years. Give me Kevin Kisner, 
couple of top 15 finishes here in four tries, and he's mega cheap down at 6000 So I'll take Kisner to get the value. Then I can step up and spend a little more money with my next picks. This guy's only played here once. But hits it a long way, and he really found his stride last year. He actually won the last time he teed it up down in Houston. Won a few times uh, last year. Just a really solid all-around player. Jason Kokrak at 7,700 is my next cheapest option. Taylor, who you got? You know, I'm not the most confident in, in this next pick, but it just fit out with my lineup, so I had to pick it. Uh, it was either him or Phil. So I'm going to go with uh, Max Homa, 6,700. Played here last year, so has a little bit of – has that one rep that you need to get apparently at this right. course. Um, finished 25th, so not the best. But at the end of the day, guys, I think that whenever you got you got Ron Morikawa, Cantlay, DeChambeau, and Shoffley – I mean, just with those players, not to mention the rest of them, I mean, it's hard to pick a winner in this event. I mean, there's so many great players, and it's just going to be who, who ends up making the putt. So I think it's it's going to be really hard to pick the who's going to win. So, like, for example, when we get a second in the one and done, it's really hard to be able to run out a big name just because of the fact that if they finish fifth, you're not going to get your money's worth for, for that big-name player. So I'm going to lean towards Max Homa and then kind of build it out from there, Sam. All right, well, then I'm going to go 7,700, Jason Kokrak. I love that pick, Colby. Obviously won the Houston Open last time he teed it up on the PGA Tour. Uh, and I think that this course, Kapalua, you know, I played there on my honeymoon. It definitely favors a bomber. And so I'm going to have a few bombers in my lineup this week for sure. Um, and I think that, you know, with it being so wide open and kind of bigger greens as well, chipping and around the green stats aren't going to matter quite as much here at Kapalua. So give me a guy that bombs it and hits it close, and Kokrak's one of those guys. And then so um, my next pick at 8000 I think, Tony Finau, that's about as cheap as you're ever going to get Tony Finau. And all of the kind of same reasons I just picked Kokrak for my lineup, I'm putting Tony Finau in there as well uh, at 8000 There is no chance Kokrak plays well this week. Really? 7700 I got him. Oh, that's the kiss of death. Oh no! He, he, there's no way. There's no way he plays good. I was I, telling Sam you you stepped away <laughs> during the break. Sam's not with us today. I was telling Taylor during the break we gave Morikawa the absolute kiss of death with our major predictions because all three of us picked him at the PGA. We've all three got Kokrak this week at the Century. It's the kiss of death. That, there's no way Kokrak plays good. I sure <laughs> hope he does because I, I ain't taking him out. But you guys Kobe, are making me want to what, at this what point. What we need. What we need is T-Dub to switch his picks because when me and Colby pick the same guy, it always turns out well. That's, that's a, true. That's a really good point. That's true. Me so, and Sam, we were rolling this fall. So it's like, y'all we are the rolling. kiss of death. I am the kiss of death. It doesn't matter if we all do. <laughs> watch, it just matters I, if I do. Hey, watch this. I'll go on the biggest cold streak ever after being in fuego in the fall. But now that we're actually doing the one and done, uh, my picks will go to crap. Here's what I want to know. Uh, do you and Randy have the same picks? Because if you and Randy are both on the train, then it's, I mean, I'm hopping off even if the train's moving. <laughs> oh, it, yeah, it, if me and Randy both have it, I mean, it is just like the most automatic pick the other side and, and you're a winner. <laughs> Absolutely. So my next cheapest option, and I cannot believe that this guy with his course history is as cheap as he is. I, I run him out every year at this tournament. It's Patrick Reed. 2015 through 2017, he goes first, second, sixth. Then he finishes outside the top 20. Then he has another runner-up finish in 2020. He plays this course incredibly well. What is this, seven appearances? And four of those are top sixes? I'm going to take Patrick Reed at 7,900 with the value. And then we like Bombers. 
We like bombers, and we like guys who've been here before. Tony Finau, weirdly, I, I know the stuff with the winning and everything, but he won the opposite field event, and then he was able to be here last year because of the way they did it with COVID. So he's actually played here twice. Finished ninth and 31st in his two trips, but he's playing some good golf. Uh, finally learned how to win last year in that playoff. So I'll take Finau at 8000 with some value. Taylor, who you got next? Well, I'm not picking Finau. Y'all both have him, so there's your win of the tournament. There right we there. go. Tony Finau, where he be now in the winner's circle. My uh, my fourth most expensive guy, give me – guy, you talk about likes this golf course. I mean, we are looking at – in 16 rounds here, he's gained 2.81 strokes on the field. His worst finish at this tournament is ninth. Finished third, first, and second the other two events. That's Jordan Spieth himself. Just had a baby. Might be recipe for success there. I really like, I really like Jordan Spieth this week. Yeah, how can you not? Course history. Sam, who you got? We got uh, Sung J M at 8,200. Anytime it's Bermuda, and I'm, I'm, I don't know exactly what type of grass is at Kapalua, but it's Bermuda-like, and I know that the greens are Bermuda for sure. Uh, I like Sung J.M. Warm weather Bermuda player always plays well in those conditions. And then at 8,400, maybe the best value of the week, I'm going to go Daniel Berger. Uh, Daniel Berger, I mean, one of the most solid players on tour last year, especially for that stretch in the middle of the year. And so Daniel Berger, if you can get him at 8,400, you got to take him. You know, guys, I, it's kind of hard for me to even think about this, but besides the Olympics, this was the last place Shoffley won at in 2020. And I'm going to roll with him because he's 9,500 in 16 rounds here. He's gained 2.55. That's second only to Spieth in the same amount of rounds. I love I love Xander. I think that he's I think he's top five. I, if I if I had to make a bet of the week, it'd probably be Xander top five. I love Xander. I love Xander top five. Last three times he's teed it up at this event, he's been top five. He plays well here. He plays well at Augusta. He likes hanging lies. Xander clearly is okay and comfortable hitting with his feet out of alignment or the ball above or below his feet. He's clearly okay with those types of golf courses. First, second, and five here the last three years. Of course, he's in this tournament, like you said, by virtue of his win at the Olympics, his gold medal. So I'll take Xander at 9,500. And then I had exactly enough. Uh, I've actually got a few hundred left over, so I had more than enough. To roster old Justin Thomas at 10,600. You talk about a course horse. Four of the last five years. He wins in 2017 and 2018. He finished 22nd. But the last three years, third in 2019, first in 2020, third last year in 2021. That is a course horse. Finished third last time he teed it up at Mayakoba. Justin Thomas at 10-6 for me was a no-brainer. In 24 rounds of this course, Justin Thomas gaining 2.2 strokes on the field. That's including a 21st in his first appearance and a 22nd in 2018. To go along with those three finishes, Kobe won back here in 2017, like you said. So I think Justin Thomas is is a great pick this week. I got him at 10,600 as well. All right. My final pick is Patrick Cantlay at 9,700. I can't believe that you can get the hottest player from 2021 at 9,700 in the Tournament of Champions. Anytime you can get Patrick Cantlay under 10,000, um, yeah, under 10,000, I, I love Patrick Cantlay. Yeah, I think that's a good play. It allowed you to go pretty mid with your lineup. You didn't have to take any super cheap guys. So uh, some really good value this week. Now, Sam, you are in our official one-and-done pool this week that we do online, that we kept the standings with last year. Taylor, did you finish... You finished just outside the money, just in the money. Where did you finish? I finished fourth. You finished fourth. You were comfortably in the money. Your dad finished second. 
Man. And good friend Jimmy Wilson finished first. And we are the three biggest slept rocks you've ever seen. So the fact that we finished all finished top And how four, many people are in this pool, boys? 108, I believe. Let's go to the old standings and see. Oh, nope, that ain't going to work. I think it's 108 is, is what he said whenever he sent out the email this morning. So might be a few late entries that are added. Uh, basically, you pick one golfer. It's one and done. You use them, they're done. Now, for a lot of events, we pick two golfers for the big events, for the players, the majors, the WGCs, the playoff events, and we pick two for the century. I don't love that we pick two for the century because it's such a limited field and it's right out of the gate. You're burning two guys, but we pick two for the century. Taylor, how many were in it last year or this year? Uh, 121. 121 last year? Or th- I think that's this year. This year? It, nice. says, it says this many people have, uh, have a chance to make a pick at least, so maybe there's some people who – somehow submitted and aren't going to do it or whatever. Yeah. But I, I don't know how that works. So. And I think the, t- the top, like, 12 or 15 cash, I was just on the outside looking in last year, like, 94th. So <laughs> <laughs> those who listened last year know that I got on a good run of bad luck with missing some cuts. One week I picked the runner up and I forgot to click submit, so I didn't get the, uh, I didn't get the points for it. Uh, so anyway, it was a rough year. We're going to be better this year. I'm going to improve by default. So, Sam, we'll start with you again. Just give us your first one. Give us your... Your, your lowest ranked player for your two one and done picks this week. All right, then give me Jason Kokrak, a guy that Colby and I just talked about. I think that this is a perfect scenario to pick a guy like Jason Kokrak. He's not one of the top guys, but he's also been playing really well. I mean, he won last time he teed it up on tour. So give me Jason Kokrak this week. The fact that I picked him in, in DraftKings, Sam, with y'all two, that doesn't make you want to run off and, and click someone else because that's what I would want to do. No, we're, we're doing big things in 2022, boys. We're just going to get on a heater as a podcast. If Kokrak wins this week, it is the definition of an omen. If Kokrak wins this week when we've all three got him rostered and Sam's got him <laughs> in the one and done. Taylor, who's your first one and done pick? Sam Sam brought it up perfectly with the Bermuda. I got to go with Sungjae. He played really well. He's only played here once, finished fifth last year, had really good strokes gained all the way around. He's Like you said, Colby, you said it for like two years. He's been the Bermuda champion. And so we've kind of been rolling along with that. So I really like Sungjae this week. And unfortunately, something we got to take into consideration, who knows when he's going to get called by his uh, country to come served in the armed forces. So, you know, if that happens in two weeks from now, I can't use him. So I don't know how all that works, but I'll go ahead and get him out of the way just in case that happens. Yeah, I don't have any idea how that works, but I'm going to save him for Florida. My guy that I'm going to run out, I-, I was just trying to think of when I would use him. The only other time I could think that I would use him would be maybe at the team event. So I would still have that option if I wanted to. I'm going to run out Mark Leishman who plays pretty well at Augusta, and he plays pretty well here. Another guy who doesn't mind the hanging lies comes over from Australia to Hawaii. Uh, His four appearances here, 23rd, 7th, 4th, and 24th. So it's a flip of the coin whether he's going to be a top 10 finish here in his previous four starts. So I'll run out Leishman as my first guy, and then my second pick, and I do this every single year. I run this guy out in the first tournament. It's late at night, it's prime time, and then I don't have to root for him the rest of the year. Patrick Reed in seven appearances has four top six finishes. I just run him out every year at Century, and I live with the result. I don't have to root for him the rest of the year. So Mark Leishman and Patrick Reed are my two one-and-done picks. Tyler, your second? I, I thought about Reed for the exact same reason that you just said, Colby. Get him out of the way so I don't have to root for him or think about it again, but... I'm going to go towards the other side, and I'm going to go kind of against what we were talking about, but I just I look at the results, and I say i got to roll with it. Has not played here before, but check this out, guys. Since the Tour Championship, I'll just read off these five finishes. Third, seventh, fifth, 14th, and first. And I look at it, Colby. This was your bold prediction. I'm going to disagree with your bold prediction. 
I think I am selling high on Sam Burns right now. Really? I do, I do not think he's top. He's number ten in the world right now. I think by the end of twenty twenty three, he will not be. I think he'll be around eighteen to twenty. I okay. Think. So I think that he he may win again this year. I don't know where that's going to happen. I think he's got some really good confidence right now. I'm going to roll with him. Will he win? He'd have to break that first one since David Duvall to do it if he does. But I think Sam Burns is kind of right there with Shoffley. Not as sure as a top five, five pick as I think, but pretty damn close. So you're saying he might be this year's Tyrrell Hatton. Tyrrell Hatton last That's year started. That's a great comparison, yes. Tyrrell Hatton last year started the season in the top 10. He's currently 22nd ranked player in the world coming in. He got in the top 10 and then fell out. So that absolutely could happen. Bur- Burns is a little younger than Tyrrell Hatton, so you got yep. that to look at. So he has a little bit more upside, but I do think that's a really good comparison, Colby. Sam, your final one and done pick before we get to our best bets. Man, first of all, I, I couldn't disagree more on Sam Burns. I think that he's going to have a, a pretty big year, and I don't see anything. What do you see, T-Dub, to, to think that? To think that you that he's not going to be one of the you know top 20 players in the world at the end of 22? I just I, it's not necessarily that I'm just looking at everyone else around him right so I, I don't think he like he's the guys he's right behind right now in the world rankings Rory JT Hovland and Shoffley I don't think he's going to pass any of them and so I look for the guys behind him Louie maybe not Harris English maybe not I think Scheffler will be higher than him at the end of the year I think Spieth will be higher than him I think Fina will be higher than him Kepka depends on injury. I think Answer has a chance to be higher than him. And another guy below here, I think Daniel Berger has a chance to be higher than him. And that's not including some other guys down here, like, for example, Matthew Wolf down in 30, if he gets hot, or Taylor Gooch down at 32. So I, it's not necessarily the fact that Sam Burns is not going to have that great of a year. I just think that he's playing so well right now over the last few months that I just don't think he can keep that going for a full calendar year. And I think that some of the guys behind him are going to play good as well, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. If I had to bet on it, though, I think that he's only going to continue to get better uh, because the things that I see from him, especially under pressure, are really impressive as well. I think that he's one of the upcoming stars on the PGA Tour maybe in the next five to ten years. Okay, so my second pick is the defending champion, Harris English. And kind of the same thing that Colby said about where else would I use him. I don't know where else I would use Harris English. I think that, you know, This course obviously fits his game. He won here last year, and so I don't want to use a top guy, but he's kind of one of those top middle guys, and so I'm going to go with Harris English this week uh, for my second one-and-done pick. So he would be a back-to-back champion. Doesn't happen too often, but it does happen from time to time, so you get him run out. Uh, Let's move on to our best bets. I mean, you look at some of the guys at the top. Obviously, JT is going to be the favorite at this tournament because he's such a course horse. He's eight to one. Rom's nine to one. Bryson is at eleven to one. We haven't talked much about him or Morikawa, who could both have chances this week. But you go down, Taylor. You mentioned him. I mean, a course horse is Jordan Spieth, and he's twenty-two to one. I think that's my favorite bet of the week because his odds are just so much longer than the way that he's played this course. I know it's been a while since we've seen him hoist a trophy, but it's a limited field at a place that he just absolutely lights up. So I think my best bet for value has to be Spieth at 22 to 1. Sam, had you pulled any out of the barrel that you liked this week? I am looking them up as we speak. Go ahead, T-Dub. I'm going to say, I, like I said, I, and one thing about Speed, too, like I mentioned, he had the baby. So, you know, from that aspect, you're either going to win or you're going to finish like 30th. So you're going to be somewhere <laughs> in between there. At 22 to 1, I would say this. If this tournament's played 22 times, I think Speed would win more than once. That's just my opinion just because he plays so well here, even with the stack to the field as it is. Well, so, so far, his success rate's one out of four. And, and so. he hasn't finished outside the top nine. 
yeah. at this tournament. Yeah. So, I mean, I really like that. I mentioned it earlier. I think Shuffle top five is probably my favorite bet of the week. I, I, I love the value of speed. I just think that when – because we brought it up earlier with, with that top tier of guys – the guys we listed, there was, what, four or five of them that we all agreed on are in this field. So if one of them gets hot with the putter, they could end up winning. So if anyone out there has a strong feeling about someone, you should always run with it. But I just think that this is one of the harder tournaments to prognosticate, not just because it's such a strong field, but because we haven't seen these guys play in a month. Usually we're used to seeing guys play you know, the week before, and we can say, oh, well, you know, this guy who's in the 30th favorite to win finished fifth last week, so he might have a good week. The most recent thing we have to go on besides the PNC is the uh, the Hero World Challenge. So just a little bit of that. And we, who knows how they spent their holiday season. So I think that's a little bit tricky. So I would go with definitely Shoffley top five. And then I would try to go through and figure out, depending on what sports book you use, some matchups. You know, for example, you can you can figure out who's been playing good or who plays this course well and then who doesn't. So like, for example, Shoffley and Spieth, who we've all talked about. If you can find them going against some other players, I think those would be good bets. Yeah, Shoffley plus 250. That's two and a half to one for a top five. So e- even at that, I think it's a pretty good bet because he usually top fives here. Uh, Sam, were you able to pull anything out of the, the interwebs? Yeah, I, I agree with T-Dub that it's kind of a hard tournament to prognosticate as far as top five. <clears throat> Sorry, and as as far as top fives and top tens. Um, but I do like some tournament matchups, like you just said. I like Rom getting plus money against Justin Thomas this week. I know that Justin Thomas is a horse for course, but anytime you can get plus money with John Rom at uh, plus 105, I mean, you're basically getting even money with John Rom, but I like that. Um, and then I really, really like uh, if we had to go top five, I. I think your best value is going down, like you said, with speed, uh, Finau, and M at plus 350 with all of them. Um, and so hopefully, you know, those, those work out before I lose my voice here, boys. Well, I'm going to say, too, you know, through this, I'm looking through the course history, and I did not realize this because we were talking about it. Phil has never played here. What? Phil's never played here. No rounds. No rounds at this course. What? No, no that can't be right. I Zero rounds here. I'm that telling you. Right. Are you looking on our office football pool? No, I'm looking at da- uh, data golf. They go all the way back. Zero rounds in this course. That's unbelievable. That is remarkable. Never played here. Truly remarkable. And so uh, going off of that, I think if you can find, because a lot of sports books think that just off the name Phil, so they might have him matched up against someone who's a little bit better. There's like only five players in this field who I think would be bad picks against Phil. So if you can find someone against Phil, even if it's minus money, I think it's a really good bet. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Hey, uh, so he yeah, did ahead, play Sam. it and he, Phil did play it 21 years ago. He played it twice. Uh, he played it once when it was at the La Costa Resort in 98, ah. uh, and then he played it in 99 and 2001. So 2001 was the last time he teed it up at Kapalua. You know, you know what it is? I, I think I got it figured out. It's because the Strokes game took place after 2004, so that's they yep. did, they don't they don't count any rounds before that. So yep. that makes sense. Thank yep. you for clarifying, Sam. Yep, good good clarification. Yep. Uh, great show, great start to 2022. Go subscribe, birdies for everyone. Get some of Taylor's thoughts throughout the week. Whenever we're not able to all get together, uh, some shorter, some quick hitters. Just Taylor sharing his thoughts. Uh, parting shots, Sam. Fired up for the season. I could not be more excited as I drink my Pedialyte right here. I think we're going to have one of the best years ever. And even though I'm sick right now, I could not be more happy to be talking golf and talking Kapalua. And I can't wait to watch golf in primetime and stare at the beautiful weather in Hawaii.
No doubt. In in Hawaii, yes. Taylor? It's is there is, is it getting better than this? Seriously. That's all I gotta ask. Is it getting better than this? Talk about golf, watch golf every week, and just share our knowledge with, with the youth and all the all our listeners. I don't think it gets any better than this. I'm living a dream come true. That's yeah. all I gotta say. We're sharing our knowledge with the youth and Randy and Huntman. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good stuff. Uh, everybody enjoy the coverage. ESPN Plus starts at one twenty our time tomorrow. Twenty in the afternoon. I, I think we entered a parallel universe, guys. I mean, we can actually watch golf now. It's we, unbelievable. I mean, we've never been able to watch Kapalua in in the mid afternoon. They're always halfway. I mean, the early guys are halfway through their rounds by the time. So ESPN Plus is going to be great. It's going to be a great year in twenty twenty two. Follow us. 73rd hole on Instagram, the 73rd hole on Twitter. Go over to golfoklahoma.org, golfoklahoma.org. Make that your homepage and visit it every single day. Love our partners at Golf Oklahoma. Thanks to everyone for listening. We are back next week to recap Century. Get you ready for Sony 2022 rolls on. Thanks for listening to the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. <laughs>